0: Hello, and welcome back to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. Today I'm joined with Dr. Benny Tate, who is an author and pastor. Looking forward to this conversation today, so stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host Tyler Bronick Thank you for tuning in to another episode today. I'm joined with Dr. Benny Tate, pastor and author, and we dig into a whole lot. We talk about his childhood, um, facing abandonment, not living up to the expectations um, of of his of his stepfather and people in his life, and how rejection can really do damage on us in the long term. But that's not the end of the story. He shares a message of hope and encouragement for those who are struggling with brokenness. Maybe you resonate with his story or maybe just the just brokenness, something we all deal with, um, but how there can be healing and redemption in the midst of it as well. He talks a little bit about how prayer and renewing of the mind are so important. And helping us know that there is a God who is for us and with us. So in today's conversation, he talks about his his latest book, Defy the Odds, available in March, and just really gives a breakdown into his over thirty years of experience pastoring in Georgia, um, being a leader, and and just seeing a lot of challenge, um, but also a lot of joy and a lot of. Um, A lot of healing and a lot of hope and the other side of the story um, and God working uh, through all of this in these broken places. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Benny. Benny, thanks so much for joining me and the guys like us here.
1: Tyler, I have so been looking forward to being with you. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it's my joy. My joy, and I, I like to have a lot of different guests on, and you have uh, quite an array of experiences in in pastoring, and um, leading, um, and just really encouraging and empowering leaders as well. And um, obviously, have you know have grown the church um, to a, quite you know quite an, an incredible place now. And so, would love just to kind of start. You have, a, you know, a lot of different experiences working with a lot of different people, you know, that you, doctor in your name, and so there's a, the educational academic crowd, and then you have a lot of the the, the pastoring crowd, and, you know, you've been involved in some military chaplaincy and, and sure. business, you know, so wanted to know kind of, you know, what are some of the, in, in light of your book as well, which we'll get into, just what are some of the big, you know themes that you've noticed ac- across the last few years uh, maybe longer with a lot of these different crowds uh, in in regards to just dealing with difficult circumstances um, which I you know will hopefully segue into your book here
1: well uh, you know here's what I would say I, mm-hmm. I speak a lot I speak a lot to leaders and I talk about different dimensions of leadership
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I talk to people about you know the the most difficult area to lead in is just to lead yourself. Mm-hmm. Just to lead yourself. And before mm-hmm. we before we can lead anybody else, mm-hmm. we've got to lead ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know the the Bible says love thy neighbor as thyself. And we we place all the emphasis on loving thy neighbor. And mm-hmm. we have to place emphasis on loving ourselves. And, Mm-hmm. And I, I refer to it as inward leadership. Mm-hmm. Inward leadership. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To make sure as an individual that we're growing, that we're developing. And I think uh Tyler, the reason why we don't place a great emphasis on inward leadership, mm-hmm. I think I think first of all, many times uh what helps us what what helps us the most uh we have a propensity not to work on. Because it's not so much seen, you know. If if I'm not developing myself as a leader, many times people won't know it. But the reality is, I know it.
2: Mm-hmm. And so
1: I just I just challenge people to be the best version of yourself that you can possibly be. That mm-hmm. you're a unique person. God's put a unique passion mm-hmm. in you, and mm-hmm. God made you for a unique purpose. Unique person with a unique passion. Because God's made you for a unique purpose and really concentrate on developing Mm -hmm. and growing yourself, being the best version of yourself you could possibly be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, it's love God and then love love your neighbor, the greatest commandment. And oftentimes we miss, you know, loving ourselves and leading ourselves so (laughs) that then we can we can do, you know, we can love our neighbor well. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's that's a great encouragement. And so we'll, you know, wanted to to dig in, and you're, um, you have a new book coming out in March here, um, defy the odds, and uh, we're recording in February, and so by the time this podcast is up, it'll be, you know, launching shortly, or we'll have recently launched, kind of sent out, and so um, know you you discuss a little bit more about your your background, some of your childhood experiences, and then kind of what you've seen over the years. So I I I don't want to speak for you, but. Can you just tell me a little bit about the, uh, the, oh. the the genesis of this book here?
1: Well, I'd be glad to. The the, the the title of the book that's coming out on, I think, March the 6th, it's called Defy the Odds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler, there was a mm-hmm. columnist by the name of Ann Landers. Does that name ring a bell with you, Ann Landers? Mm-hmm. Well, let me explain to you. Yeah. She, she was more of a newspaper columnist, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, she would receive $12 million. 12 million letters a year. She was a columnist for 56 years. And Ann Landers was asked, what's the number one question you're you're asked? Hmm. She said, oh, that's easy. After 56 years, 12 million letters a year, here was the number one question. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with Hmm. me? And I go back to that until we really get right with ourselves. And what I would say to people, hmm. I wrote the book, Defy the Odds, because I am convinced everybody, I'm not an anthropologist, but everybody who's listening, mm-hmm. Tyler, mm-hmm. has odds. Booker T. Washington, the educator, said,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you don't judge a person's success by what they accomplish in life, but rather by the obstacles they overcome to accomplish whatever they accomplish.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I'm speaking to men today.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of men. And here's what I want these men to know. I wasn't I I wasn't positioned to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother spent, my mother had a sixth grade education. I talk about it in the book, a sixth grade education. She spends one night with an individual. One night, and I'm conceived. And she says to that man, I'm pregnant with a child eventually. And she never never sees him anymore. He literally leaves. Mm -hmm. Here my mother is. She has two children, sixth grade education, no fathers. Mm -hmm. She's working, doing the best she can. Mm -hmm. She really doesn't know how she's going to manage, how she's going to support. Mm -hmm. Uh, She moves in with a man. I guess you could say, Tyler, he Mm -hmm. was my stepfather. I talk about in the book, when I was in my mother's womb, this man took her to a dark, dreary medical facility. My mother said, why are we here? And he said to her, we're going to take care of that baby inside of you. She said, you mean you're going to kill my baby here today? And Tyler, she ran out of that facility,
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: started crying and said, nobody's going to kill my baby. Nobody's going to kill my baby. Mm-hmm. I often say to, mm-hmm. to men and to women,
2: mm-hmm.
1: there are accidental parents, but there are no accidental children. Mm-hmm. Because every man, every woman, every person listening, God's got a plan mm-hmm. for that child's life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that man who wanted to literally end my life, we moved in with him. And Tyler, every day of my life, mm-hmm. he would tell me that I was ignorant. He would remind me that I was illegitimate. He would physically, mentally, emotionally abuse me. He would tell me over and over, you will never amount to anything. Mm -hmm. You will never amount to anything. Here's all I'm Mm -hmm. I'm saying. The Bible says death and life's in the power of the tongue. That's right. I would say Mm -hmm. to the listeners today, uh, the Bible says, you will eat the fruit of your words. That is to say, you're going to become what you continually tell yourself. Before a child is 18 years of age, it's told 148,000 times, "You can't, you can't." We need men. We need men standing up and saying to young people, "You can, you can, mm-hmm. you can." Mm-hmm. So I was taught. I was taught that I was ignorant. I was taught, Tyler. I was. Illegitimate, mm-hmm. that I would never mm-hmm. amount to anything in life. And uh, eventually my mother takes me to a medical facility because I couldn't learn.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I couldn't do well in school because constantly that was poured into me. Mm-hmm. This man was physically abusive. I talk about he was physically abusive not only to me, he was physically abusive to my mother. Mm-hmm. We probably left Tyler 15 times during the night. We'd leave, he'd be drinking. We'd, we'd run out of the house. We probably left 15 mm-hmm. times. Finally, I said to mom, we eventually left for good. I said, why did we always go back? Mm-hmm. And she said, because I felt like I couldn't provide for you and your sister. So we so we always went back. Mm-hmm. But As I say, we eventually did leave for good, but life didn't get much better, Tyler. There was mm-hmm. no church. There was no God. There was no foundation. Mm-hmm. We lived in nightclubs. We lived in taverns. We sold whiskey. We we were just anywhere we could be, but it was a very dysfunctional, dysfunctional life. My mother went through relationship mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. relationship mm-hmm. again. Dysfunction. All kinds of odds stacked against us. All kinds of odds stacked against us. Mm-hmm. Tyler, the day came. My mother went to bed. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize, but she was severely depressed. Decided she would end her life. Mm-hmm. Decided that life wasn't worth living, Tyler. She put a pistol in her pocketbook and she drove 30 miles to her first cousin's house, planning to end her life there. She didn't want me to find her. Knocked on the door of her first cousin's house and said to that first cousin's house, at that first cousin's house, can I spend the night with you? She said, you can spend the night. But i we're not the people that we used to be. You and I used to party. We used to carouse. We, li- we did a lot of things we shouldn't have done. But I'm a believer now.
2: Hmm.
1: I've given my life to Christ. Mm-hmm. And more than anything,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. you need to give your life to Christ. Mm-hmm. Can we call our pastor? Tyler, I just want you to know, that night, My mother gave her life to Christ. Mm. Now, I'd say to our listeners, Mm -hmm. the place the place she had planned on ending her life, she found life. Mm -hmm. She Mm -hmm. found abundant life. She Mm. found eternal life. Mm -hmm. The next morning, Tyler, my mother pulls up and she looks different. Mm -hmm. There's something different about my mom. Mm -hmm. And she said, Benny, your mother became a Christian last night. I haven't raised you right. But I became a Christian last night. I've wow. given my life to the Lord. And you're going to have a new mother. Tyler, I got a new mother. And she started praying for me. She started praying. She started praying that I would become a Christian. And God honored her prayers. And as a 16-year-old boy who had never been in church, who had the most dysfunctional life, hmm. I just I just want the Everybody that's wants you to want, you know, hey, hey, listen, we've all got a past. Mm-hmm. Your your past didn't have to have you. Your past didn't have to have you. And uh, I gave my life to Christ. About a year later, I started preaching, Tyler. Mm-hmm. I started preaching because I knew that God had a purpose for my life. I, I, I didn't know a whole lot, Tyler. I preach message out of the book of spasm. Now I thought, I I didn't know it was Psalms. (laughs) I preached messages out of the book of Job. I didn't know it was the book of Job. Uh, Mm -hmm. Somebody asked me about the epistles and I said, I think that's the apostles' wives. I didn't know much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God's not looking for ability. He's looking for availability.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. He wants to use your life. He wants to use my life. So I started preaching and Mm-hmm. I reached 30 years of age, Tyler, mm-hmm. 30 years of age, and my sister said, I talk all about this in defile my sister says, somebody wants to meet you. I said, who would want to meet me? I had a low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Who would want to meet me? She said, your daddy. Your daddy wants to meet you. Tyler, I had never laid eyes on my daddy. I didn't know who my daddy was. You got to keep in mind, I'd been mm-hmm. told that I was a illegitimate. But he didn't use the word illegitimate. He used another word to mm-hmm. describe. Mm-hmm. You're nothing but a blank. You're nothing but a blank. Mm-hmm. You're nothing but a blank. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, your dad wants to meet you. I go to Nashville, Tennessee to a restaurant. And this is a 30-year-old man. Meet my daddy for the very first time. He tells me some things, Tyler. He tells me that uh, that uh, he ran a, a a whiskey, an illegal whiskey ring.
2: Hmm.
1: He told me that he uh, was a professional gambler and he had traveled the world playing cards, gambling. He told me that he had spent time in the penitentiary in the prison system. He told me all that, Tyler. Mm-hmm. He was my father. And we were wrapping up. And I said to him, his name was Don, and I said, uh, Don, I want to ask you something. Are you a Christian? Are you a person of faith? And he said, uh, about two years ago, about two years ago, I made my way into a church mm-hmm. and I gave my life to Christ. Mm-hmm. I said, that's, that's wonderful. And then he said a couple of things. He said, what you don't know, Benny, is in these two years, I've came to hear you preach many times. You've been speaking in large crowds and I'd be in the crowd. Hmm. I said, that's wonderful. He said, I'd stop by your table. I had books. And he said, I'd, I'd get your books and I'd get your, your, your cassettes. I said, I hope you paid for them. I hope you paid for them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, mm-hmm. And then he said, uh, let me tell you some things. He said, number one, let me tell you this. I'm dying. I said, you're dying. He said, I'm dying. He said, I'm dying. He said uh, The second thing, he said, we hadn't been able to spend any time together here on earth. He said, I hope we maybe can spend heaven together. Hmm. He said, I hope when we get to heaven, where we live in the same area where we can spend some time together. Hmm. I said, I hope we can too. And then he said these words, Tyler. He said, your mother and I just spent a night or so together. But he said, you were conceived. And he said, I thought about all the people that God has used you to reach. And he said, you know what I truly believe? I said, what's that not? He said, what we meant for evil, Mm -hmm. God God Mm -hmm. meant for good. Mm -hmm. What we meant for evil, God meant for good. Mm -hmm. And I want every person out there to know that what Mm -hmm. seemingly is bad right now in your life, men, what seemingly is bad right now in your life, God can use for good. Mm -hmm. God can use for good. Mm -hmm. Today, I was talking to a man who has a son that's 27 years old Mm -hmm. that he's never met. That he's never met, Tyler. And he said, what advice would you give me? What advice would you give me? I I know you've been there. And I started giving this man some advice for this 27-year-old son that he's never, ever met. And I just know that God uses our pain for mm-hmm. his gain. Mm-hmm.
2: So
1: so just a little bit of the book, just a little mm-hmm. bit of the book, mm-hmm. Tyler, is my story mm-hmm. about how my life wow. defied the odds. That's just a little bit of the book, but it's a part of the book.
0: No, well, thank you. This has been an encouragement. And um, as I'm hearing this, I, I know that a lot of this is going to resonate with a lot of people who have had broken or have had a lot of brokenness in their life and um it's funny how it goes back to that inward leadership too i it's funny i was speaking with some gentlemen at teen challenge which is a a ministry for um folks in recovery and oh yeah 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 and it's um I, i was connecting with this gentleman and he said you know i've been away from my family for some time now being here in this intensive program it's a it's a very intensive discipleship program as you know and yes was away and he said you know what i thought you know taking a step away from this to work and to and to really you know get with the lord and work on this this pattern of my, this sin pattern in my life or this just this, this destructive pattern in my life actually now i sent over a devotional or something along those lines to my kids and they're like, I read your devotional, and it really helped. And so it is—it's just funny how kind of when we're bringing this full full circle here, right? How when we work on leading ourselves, ensuring that we're in a path of renewing our mind, um, as you see in Romans twelve, um, and just following that long kind of obedience in that in the same direction type of type of mentality, then. It's just funny how we can we can see God, you know, God, God working through these threads, and um, I just kind of was trying to bring that full circle. Um,
1: That's exactly right, Todd. That's exactly right. That's a great point.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as I'm as I as I was looking at, you know, and reading through the book, and um, you you know, I I think it's you know, as you mentioned, a lot of us have have gone through these these experiences or have these these circumstances which can really bring you know these formative childhood experiences right and there's a lot of psychology behind this as well as the impact that it can have i mean i remember times and listeners right now can remember times in in their childhood that were someone said something something happened to you physically and you were you whenever something comes up or you remember that moment you can remember it very very vividly you know you don't even recall you know what you had for lunch yesterday but you can remember that that moment quite distinctly um and so just wanted to know how, you know, how we move forward from this, right? And you talked about, you talk in your book about renewing, of just changing our mindset or renewing the mind, but you also talk about prayer. Don't want to get too deep into it, but maybe just touch on a little bit of um, kind of our, our thought patterns and also how prayer has been so impactful in your life.
1: Yes, here, here's, what I would, here's what I would say to the listeners. You know, I truly believe, Prayer changes things,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. but this—this this is what I have found. Prayer always, sometimes, prayer changes situations, Tyler. But prayer always changes me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Prayer always changes me.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: And what I would say, you know, when the Bible, you know, when the Bible is talking about be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewed, re- renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. If a person asked me the question, like, how do, how do I deal with the, the hardships of life? How, how do I deal? Here's what I would say to that person. Express gratitude. Hmm. Express gratitude. You know, uh, I look back on my life, and certainly I had some, some hardships along the way, but uh, there were some things that I was so grateful for, too. God sent some some people in yeah. the difficult times of my life to help me. And I think many times we have tunnel vision and when we're going through a tough time, we, we we simply are just focused on what is wrong and what is bad. I think that's why the Bible says, in everything, give thanks. It doesn't say for everything, give thanks. I don't I don't give thanks for being physically abused. I don't give thanks for being stripped. Off and a, mm-hmm. a belt being taken to my back. I, I, I don't give thanks for that, mm-hmm. but it mm-hmm. says in everything give thanks. And so mm-hmm. what I'm saying, if I look around, there are things to be thankful for, no mm-hmm. matter what your circumstance is. So I would say to my mm-hmm. to the person that's listening to me, look, look, look for uh, look for ways to and to express gratitude. Look for ways to be thankful for. And then there was something else I would say, Tyler,
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: is look to help others. I've just found that when I focus on helping others, I think it was William James who said, if you ever feel like you're about to have a nervous breakdown, Mm -hmm. William James Mm -hmm. said, get up from where you're at. Get up from where you're at and go down the road and find somebody who's in worse shape than you are. And help them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I would encourage somebody to, mm-hmm. you know, like you don't have to stay in your misery. You can, you mm-hmm. can, you can express gratitude. You can, you can look to help others. And, and, and here's what I did. It was a great day in my life, also, Tyler, when mm-hmm. I realized, when I realized that I had to forgive. Mm-hmm. Because Tyler. Mm-hmm. It was a great day when I realized that mm. unforgiveness is destroying me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not hurting me, but it's hurting me mm-hmm. because bitterness does more damage to the container in which it's stored yeah. than the object on which it's poured. And so it was a great day in my mm-hmm. life when I said,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I don't approve of the actions. Mm-hmm but I choose to forgive.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Here's what I would say to that listener that's mm-hmm. listening to me today. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you've had some adversity. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you've had some heartaches and disappointments.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Forgiveness is this simple. He said, Pastor, I, I need I need your help. I need your help. Well, I'm going to help you. I'm your friend. I'm going to help you. Forgiveness is simply a decision. Nothing more. Nothing less. It's when you Make a decision. That I refuse to retaliate. I refuse to retaliate. I'm going to let it go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let it go. It's kind of like a. Mm-hmm. It's 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 kind of like it's something. Let me say this, Tyler, to that mm-hmm. person too that's mm-hmm. listening to Of course, I really feel compelled to camp here for just a moment. Mm-hmm.
2: If mm-hmm.
1: you said, Pastor, is it, it? It's not just that. That simple, is it? It's kind of like a charge card. <laughs> It's kind of like when you take that card and I go out and I buy, hypothetically, I buy something that's very expensive on that charge card. I, I put it on the card. But now the bill the is going to come.
0: That's right. Yep.
1: And if I pay the minimal payment, guess what, Tyler? A month later, the bill is going to come again. And here's what I would say. Forgiveness is a decision. You, you, you put it on the card. But a month later, the bill's going to come again. And a month later, the bill's going to come again.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you have to remind yourself, no, <laughs> I've made a decision to forgive. Hmm. i put it on the card. Because, again, the monthly statement will keep coming. It's not a warning you're done. The monthly statement will keep coming. Hmm. But, again, you trace it back. No, no, no. I made a decision to forgive. Hmm. I hope
0: that right mm-hmm. That's very helpful. I've always thought about forgiveness, and uh, I don't think we often talk about forgiveness very often. <laughs> and I that that's a really good um, analogy. And um, I think there's a lot of people today who are struggling to forgive. And as you said, it's the it can be the root of bitterness, or it can sorry bitterness can be the root of uh, of some 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 great disaster and destruction. And so think forgiveness the lack of forgiveness can lead certainly lead to bitterness or maybe it is bit, exactly maybe it is bitterness <laughs> that's exactly right. so thank you for that encouragement um, and there's a great there's a great fruit and there's a great other side of that as well because exactly right. it change because it changes you more than that's
1: you- exactly right. that's exactly yeah. right
0: yeah well, well, Benny. Um, as we as we wrap up here, you've mentioned some different folks who, um, and you know, some people in your life who you've uh, looked to, maybe indirectly or directly. And I think it's really good for us in today's age to look at, indirectly, you know, some authors or some influential people, or educators or whoever who have uh, defied the odds or have done something that is noteworthy, or just in our life, our neighbors, are right around us who. Um, who are important, and we can kind of be trusted advisors. Who are kind of some of the biggest people for you? Who maybe fall, you know, some of your your closest advisors or kind of peers, or and then some of the the biggest you know people who have had influence on your life. Because I do think it's important that we all have that. I think it's important well, that we all look to that.
1: Well, here's here's what's amazing, uh, Tyler. You know, uh, I pastor a church that has over eight thousand members. Over Mm 8,000. And you say, well, that's that's not amazing. It is when you realize it's in a town, Milner, Georgia, of 600 people. 600 people. And we Mm. have a church of 8,000. So when I think about defying the Odds and I think about (laughs) people that have really uh, been encouraged, I'll share some people. I'll share some people who who everybody would know. John C. Maxwell has been a big encouragement in my life. Mm-hmm. John C. Maxwell would probably be the greatest influence in my life. John mm-hmm. is, John has been a person that I have known mm-hmm. literally for, for, for decades. John has been a mm-hmm. just, just been a just been a real influence. Uh, he would be somebody that everybody would know. Mm-hmm. That so, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. RT Kendall would be a, a pastor that's had mm-hmm. a had a great influence in my life, mm-hmm. and I could mm-hmm. I could go on Ruth Graham. Ruth Graham, the daughter of. Of uh, Billy and Ruth Graham is a great friend of mine, wow. and she's yeah. she's had a she's had a a great influence. Hey, for you sports fans, mm-hmm. John Calpari. John Calpari, oh, yeah. he wrote an endorsement for my book. He's had a he's mm-hmm. had a great endorse, uh, great influence mm-hmm. in my life. Oh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Let me tell you a story. Mm-hmm. You remember I told you Tyler about that stepfather who told me that I was ignorant and that I would never mm-hmm. amount to anything. Mm-hmm. Well, when I when I reached about eighteen years of age, my mother remarried a good man. His name was Don Mason. He was a Canadian, and Don Mason was a wonderful man. And he told me, "You need to go to Bible college." I said, "You don't understand. I, I just about flunked out of school. I couldn't learn." You know.
2: Right.
1: He said, "You need to go to Bible college." And I said, No, I can't go. You don't understand. I'm, I, I'm not real smart. I'm, I'm just not real smart. I was I was in the bottom of half of the class that made the top half possible. You know what I mean, Tyler? I mean, I was, that was me. Sure. I'm just not real smart. Sure. And he said, uh, You can. And he said, You need to go to college. Hmm. You need to go to Bible college. Hmm. And he said, For every degree that you will complete, Tyler, for every degree that you will complete, I will pay for it.
2: Hmm. That's
1: pretty generous. So this man, Don Mason, that nobody knows his name, he's in heaven now. Nobody knows his name.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He paid mm-hmm. for an associate's degree. He paid for a bachelor's degree. Mm. He paid for a master's. He paid for an earned doctorate. He paid for it. Wow. You know what's, you know what's amazing, Tyler? And mm-hmm. I only say this to give God the glory. Please don't take it wrong. Certainly. I literally made straight A's. You see, you got to be kidding. No, no. I made straight A's. Through an associate's, bachelor's, master's, doctorate. Wow. Why? There's something about having somebody who believed in me. There was some I had two stepfathers. Mm-hmm. One told mm-hmm. me I was ignorant, unlearned, would never amount to anything. One told me I could conquer the world. Don't underestimate mm. believing in people. Mm-hmm. I would say to the men, don't 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 underestimate looking into the face, mm-hmm. Tyler. Those of us that have got some gray mm-hmm. hair. Mm-hmm. Here, here, here's what I, here's what we need to do. Mm-hmm. We need to look into the face of some young men and women, and we need to let them know I'm so proud of you. Mm-hmm. See, Tyler, look here. It's wrong for me to be proud of me. Pride in my life is wrong. Mm-hmm. But Tyler, it's not wrong for me to be proud of you. And perhaps if we would let mm-hmm. each other know we're proud of each other, we wouldn't struggle with pride so much. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know today, Tyler, you're making Jesus smile. You're Amen. making Jesus smile. Amen. You're having people on. You're you're getting mm-hmm. the gospel out. You're getting messages of encouragement, messages mm-hmm. of challenge, messages of exhortation. Mm-hmm. You're getting it out. Mm-hmm. And I just want you to know that Jesus is proud of you, and you're making Jesus smile. Amen. And I just want you to know that there's power mm-hmm. in letting people know that you believe in him. Letting people know that you are proud of them—that's mm-hmm. what Jesus did. You know that's he—he he, he changed Peter's name to—you uh, know—you're no longer going to be called Cephas; you're going to be called Peter, a rock. Mm. Well, Peter had been unstable all of his life. Mm-hmm. You know what Jesus saw? Jesus saw Peter as the leader of the New Testament. Jesus saw Peter as a uh, as a writer of the Gospels, mm-hmm. Jesus saw Peter preaching on Pentecost. Mm-hmm. When we see, when, when we see potential in people, mm-hmm. when we see potential in people, it transforms their lives. That's All right, I man. would say, I'm I'm so grateful okay, yeah. that Don Mason believed in me when I didn't believe in me, mm-hmm. when I didn't believe in me. So you you've got somebody today, our listeners. There's somebody today that don't believe in themselves. Here's what I would challenge you to. Mm-hmm. You believe in them until they can get to the point
0: mm-hmm. that they
1: believe in their self. Just believe in them, mm-hmm. and it's amazing what God will do with their lives.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you for the encouragement. It does. It's so important. So important. Always has been, and even and even more so right now. So thank
1: you. We, we listen. People have more odds right now, Tom. That's right. People have more odds that they're trying to defy. And I want to quickly say this book is about how a church defied the odds in my life.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: all, most of this book is about how Tyler and the listeners mm-hmm. can defy the odds. It's mm-hmm. principles. See, the principles you live by will determine the world you live in. Mm-hmm. And we give principles. There's principles in the book that teach you mm-hmm. how you can defy the odds despite your circumstances.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, Benny, it's been a, it's been a joy and a privilege and honor um, to have you on and um, thank you for for this time today and just as we wrap up where uh, where folks can can find you what you're up to and uh, if they want to learn a little bit more about you know finding the book or getting to know you w- where can we direct them to
1: well to, to get the book they could simply go to Amazon mm-hmm. or in, anywhere books are sold mm-hmm. Uh to follow me, you could simply go to Rock Springs Church online, Rock Springs Church online. Mm-hmm. I've been the pastor of the same church for 32 years. And I mm-hmm. said, you can get all of our, you can get all of where, uh, whether it be uh, Twitter, whether it be mm-hmm, Instagram, mm-hmm. It, it, it'll take you to all that. And we would love we for, uh, we'd love for your listeners to follow us.
0: Awesome. Thank you. And God bless.
1: God bless you, Todd.